Welcome to Fireside Nets, brought to you by Empire Sports Media. We are your hosts. I'm Spen Harris. He's my little brother, Nick. And we are at probably the worst time of the season, if you're a fan of the NBA, the All-Star break, Nick. Yeah, what a really fun time for everyone. I got to give a shout out to my boy, Mac McClung, a.k.a. Mac Mick Hung, because he absolutely crushed that Slammy D contest. Yeah, I think Mac was probably the highlight of an overall shitty All-Star weekend. Um, like, congrats, I mean, Jericho Sims. You could put your elbows in the hoop. Yeah, I, I just I – don't, I don't get why he thought that, like, in 2023, doing a Vince Carter dunk from, you know, 20 years ago. No, it was what? Like, 22, 23 years ago uh, would wow the judges. I'm not even sure why Jericho Sims was in the dunk contest to begin with. Um, him and Julius Randle were an absolutely abysmal representation of the New York Knicks. You had Jericho Sims, who stunk in the dunk contest. And then you had Julius Randle just shitting bricks in the three-point contest. As a Nets fan, it was nice to see. Yeah, that th- I'm honestly really happy Dame got it. I love Dame. The only really person I would have liked to see, like I like Kevin Herter. That would have been a cool underdog win. I didn't really want to see Tatum win it. Guy went off for 55 in the All-Star game, ended up getting his All-Star game MVP. All-Star game MVP is whoever shoots the most, so congratulations, bro. But no, I mean, listen, All-Star weekend, I think, has lost a little bit of its novelty. Um, it, it's the, the All-Star game. No one plays D. They huck up shots. It's fun. It's nice to see some players palling around, dapping each other up, having a good time. I do like the dunk contest. I do like the three-point contest. That actually requires some sort of skill, uh, but the rest was whatever for me. I'll say three things about All-Star Weekend. I'm happy that Kyrie Irving did not get All-Star MVP. If LeBron's team had won, there's a chance he might have taken MVP. So I was just happy that they lost, and I'm happy he didn't get MVP. I'm wishing him nothing but misfortune in his basketball career for the rest of his life. Um, That's number one. Number two, we're never going to get all-star games like we used to get in 2001 and 1996 and all these years back in the day where guys actually gave a shit. We're never going to get that anymore. The only way we're going to get that is, and this is my third point, if you make the all-star game meaningful, how do you do that? Bring it back to West versus East. I don't know why we had to switch it to this stupid, oh, let's have the two captains pick teams. No, nobody likes that. It's, 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 we don't even do that like in pickup anymore. Uh, don't do that. Do East versus West. Do it like you used to do it. And hey, here's an idea. Winner of the All-Star game, they get home court advantage in the NBA finals. Huh. Problem solved. Players start to care more. Guys actually try. How many How many star players do you think sit out of the All-Star game if they know that winning gives their conference home court advantage? The answer is nobody. So, Is there currently uh, some sort of charity incentive in the All-Star game? Is there a charity incentive in the All-Star game? I like, apologize I, for my dog barking. That's okay. My dogs are barking too. I mean, listen, like to me, it was like one of those things where if there's any sort of incentive 
it doesn't have to be home court advantage because let's think about that too in the sense that a lot of those players aren't making the playoffs. So what what stakes do they have on the finals? It, it gives some guys motivation. If it was like, hey, every player gets 100K donated to their, their favorite charity, the charity of their choice, because one charity shouldn't be favored over the other. They're all fantastic. Uh, if there was something like that that we can do um, where players felt like people were watching and expecting them to try, I agree. It would be a lot more fun. I mean, but is it something necessary? Do we need the All-Star game to be as exciting as the NBA uh, playoffs? If, if they're going to play it, then yes, we do. So, I mean, I, I get you're trying to be the Skip Bayless to my Shannon Sharp here in this. But you can we be like two? Can we be like Greeny and like Dan Orlovsky? I don't want to be sure. Skip Bayless. Like, don't say that to me. All right. All right. Um, okay. But listen, we're, we're burying the lead because there were no All-Stars from the Nets this past weekend, uh, unfortunately, the, the two former Nets, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, uh, who no longer play with the organization, they made the All-Star game. Uh, nobody on this current Nets roster did. But we did get an Adrian Wojnarowski bomb uh, this morning, Tuesday morning, around I think it was 8 or 9 a.m., woke up to some nice news that Jacques Vaughn, head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, he was initially the interim coach, he got promoted to head coach, and now he has received an extension from Joe Sy and Sean Marks. That's amazing. Good for him. What do, what do you think? Well-deserved? I do think it's well-deserved. I think it's hard to judge any coach, even Steve Nash, a guy who had to face so much controversy, turmoil, up and downs from his players, from his staff, not knowing who he was going to have available not knowing which talent was going to stay which was going to leave it takes time for a coach to develop players for a team to mesh to work well together so i like Jacques vaughn i think he's got a great attitude i think the players like him and respect him as a former net uh i think he 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 has done the best he could under these circumstances and at times this season we've shined and he's looked incredible and at times this season we haven't shined and no one blamed him because there was so much other shit going on. It's not his fault Ben Simmons is a basket case. It's not his fault Kyrie's Kyrie. It's not his fault uh, injuries as well. If anything, he's taken Claxton to another level. He's taken Cam Thomas to another level. There's these little victories. A lot more we want to see uh, from a lot of these young guys and from this team coming together. But overall, what could I really say besides he did he did what he what he had to do and he's he's looked good so far. Yeah, uh, Sean Marks of the extension said Jacques has made an immediate and immeasurable impact on our entire organization since assuming the role of head coach earlier this season. On the court, he's clearly demonstrated his leadership through his ability to connect and communicate at a very high level while displaying tremendous instincts for the game. As a person, they don't come any better than Jacques. His character is impeccable, and there is not a better representative for our team and our borough. We are thrilled to have Jacques lead the Nets for years to come. Um, I said when this trade with, with Kyrie went down and then you know a few days later, KD, I said the biggest loser in this was Jacques Vaughn because he had done up to that point an incredible job of you know managing his players, managing the media, managing the expectations. He, he, he's done an exceptional job. You, you really can't point to Jacques Vaughn and outside of, you know, maybe saying, okay, Cam Thomas should have played here or Seth Curry should have played there. He, he's done what he can to the best of his ability with this roster. And I, I think it was extremely telling that the Nets, I think, what was it, the day before KD was traded, right? Was it against uh, 
Here, I want to take a look. So I know we beat the Heat. That was our, our, our win. Um, we had beaten Chicago, right? So Chicago was the first game with Dinwiddie and Dorian Finney-Smith. That's a Chicago team that's trying to get to the playoffs. And we beat them 116 to 105. And you got to give Jacques Vaughn credit for that. These guys had not played with each other before, right? Like Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith just come in. He plugs him in and we beat the Bulls. Lose a close game to the Sixers. We lose a game to the Knicks on, on Monday, February 13th that we're going to get into. But at the end of the day, I think the Knicks were due. And then we we end, you know, right before All-Star break with a huge win over Miami. Mikhail Bridges is unlocked. We're going to get into that in a second. Um, but I, I say all this to just point out that Vaughn has done everything that's been asked of him and more. When KD and Kyrie get got traded, Vaughn could have easily laid down and been like, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen for the rest of the season. You, you know, we're, we're, we're going to see what we got. And uh, we're, we're probably going to lose in the first round. He hasn't taken that mentality. He's taken this optimistic mentality that, you know, let, let's face it. I want him to be the face of the franchise right now, as opposed to Sean Marks and Joe Sy. Those guys are in the doghouse with Nets fans. Jacques Vaughn is the one guy who, who really doesn't have a blemish on his record this season. Obviously he's failed as a head coach in Orlando. Uh, the Nets gave him a shot. I believe when we fired Atkinson, he was our bubble head coach for a little bit, but that didn't stick. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm thrilled that, you know, Vaughn has been rewarded for everything he's done for this organization this year. And uh, he was one of our better assistants these past few seasons with, with Steve Nash. So happy to see that. And, and I think this is a good segue into that, that final game of the first half of the season against Miami, 116-105. Nick, this was the Unleash Mikhail Bridges game. 45 points for Brooklyn Bridges, as they're, they're calling him now. Uh, 17 of 24 from the field, four of six from three, seven of seven from the line. Uh, and he just did it in a variety of ways, driving to the basket. The mid range was there. I, I don't even want to make this comparison because I'm going to get killed for it. But you saw shades of Kevin Durant, of what Kevin Durant does on a basketball court. In what and Bridges uh, is younger and a better defender. The only thing Bridges doesn't have, he doesn't have the size. He's 6'6", six, six, no, KD's no. damn near hey, seven foot. We can't compare Bridges to, to Durant. We, we, we can't, but that performance was KD-esque. And he pretty I, much, you know, the, the final thing I'll say, the Nets were looking for buckets in that fourth quarter. Um, Cam Thomas provided a spark. He had 19 points off the bench. Another strong performance for Cam Thomas. We'll get into him in a little bit. Uh, but this was like Mikael Bridges willed the Nets to this victory. Listen, I, I think Mikhail Bridges showed flashes of greatness in Phoenix. That's why he was a, that's why he was a valuable player there. That's why they made it to the finals. They had young guys like Bridges, Cam Johnson, who as four or five guys on a team is a fucking fantastic team, right? So now you bring Kevin Durant over there. You don't need Mikhail Bridges. He was competing too much with Booker for shots. He was competing too much with uh, Chris Paul to get up shots. So the fact that he's now on a team where he is top two scorers on the team he's got top two offensive threats i'd say him and dinwiddie right now uh, i think cam johnson's a great scorer if you see cam johnson in double digits the last three games as a net um but mikhail bridges he is a is a plays on both sides of the ball he's a fantastic defender he's hungry he wants to prove himself he didn't want to leave phoenix i know that he thought he was going to win a championship with that team but to come here 
in this Nets organization and show how badly he wants it, how hungry he is, and then realize the opportunity he has to become a star. This is a team for him that's going to allow him to shoot volume, to score 45 points. Now, we as a team shot 53%. He shot extremely efficiently. Cam Johnson, 18, shot extremely uh, efficiently. So it was a great shooting night all around. But for him to get that volume of shots up, for us to give him the ball, for Dinwiddie to defer to Mikhail Bridges, he now has an opportunity on his hands that he was never going to see in Phoenix. So for that to start to come to fruition, for him to be show some flashes of being that guy, just amazing, amazing to see all around. Good win. The Heat, to me, aren't a threat. I know they've been on a, a good streak the past couple months. They started the season really slow. Ended up uh, now getting into the mid-playoff you know, playoff East contention. I need to see some bigger wins from these guys. Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith. But really great to see come together and that obviously amazing night from Mikael Bridges. Reminiscent of a Kyrie or a KD night in Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, the job that he did on Jimmy Butler – Butler had 13 points. He was four of 11 from the field, no three-pointers in 32 minutes. He was five of five from the line. Um, but this, this this was an awesome performance by the Nets uh, against a Miami team that, that could have used this win. Uh, Shout-out to Miami. They actually uh, signed Kevin Love on the buyout market, so Kevin Love is taking his talents to Miami. I thought they maybe could have used a point guard. I thought maybe they were going to go after Russ, uh, but – Nah, they went after Kevin Love. I don't know how much better he makes that team. But, yeah, I I agree with you in the sense that I don't see them being a threat to really any of the top teams in the East at this point. But then again, you can never count out Jimmy Butler once the playoffs start. Um, So this this was a nice win. The only other thing I want to say about this game, by the way, Ben Simmons, nowhere to be found. Two points in 20 minutes. uh, Did virtually nothing. We've seen a little bit, and I don't want to kill him because I think he's been phenomenal this year. We've seen a little bit of a regression from Nick Claxton in these past few games. I'm not, I don't think it's because KD and Kyrie are, are not playing here anymore. I think that, as Jacques Vaughn said, he's gassed. He's been doing a lot for this team. And as a shout out to Brooklyn Netcast, those guys pointed out some of Claxton's best games this season have come without KD. So I, I don't think that their absence does it hurt his production a little bit, but I mean, not as the much attention, as people think. Right. I, I get that. I bet he's gassed the attention that Kyrie draws on the yeah. offensive side. The, and we were even talking a couple of podcasts ago about the chemistry Kyrie and Claxton were developing where Kyrie was actually finding him for alley-oops. Kyrie was finding him down low. Kyrie was looking good from a, a, a passing perspective and a finding the open man perspective. So I agree. He's definitely has to be gassed, but there is, Something that comes in where all these younger guys now, they're not drawing the attention that KD and Kyrie are drawing. It doesn't allow Claxton to find those gaps as he was. And of course, when it comes to those alley-oops and those finishes under the hoop, you got to gain trust with these new guys. I think Dinwiddie's going to learn that fast. I think guys like Mikhail Bridges are going to learn that fast, smart, high IQ players. It's just going to take some time. Last thing I want to point out before we move on to the next game, this Heat game. I'm not ready to move on. Don't don't transition for me. Let me transition. We'll move uh, on when I see we'll move on. Uh, okay. My point is, Cam Johnson is already looking like he is going to eat all of Joe Harris and Seth Curry's minutes. Which I'm totally fine with. Which I'm fine with, but it's like, shit, okay, like we were so worried. Who are we going to keep? Seth Curry, Joe Harris. Who's going to hit a three? Cam Johnson comes in here, and now he's shooting 45%, dropping 16 a game. And it's like Joe Harris who, Seth Curry who. In this game, they each had sub-10 minutes. I think maybe Harris, sorry, maybe Harris had 13, Curry had nine, and Cam had 34 minutes. 
So it just really shows you what these guys do. These young guys, Cam Johnson was start, wasn't even a starter in Phoenix. Right. He was still, he was like the first guy off the bench. He, he was a great scorer, but did, I mean, now he comes to this Nets team and look what he's doing. Did you see that? Um, it was a let, like a reverse let. No, how would you say it? He spun his body and threw the ball with one hand over his head for an and one layup. Did you see that? No, I actually didn't. Oh man, that highlight was sick. That was in the heat game. You got to check that out. That was absolutely ridiculous. Um, Cam Thomas, I mentioned him before 19 points off the bench. He did a press conference after the game, uh, you know, with the media, like he didn't, he was part of the whole, the the media press conference, or basically they asked him, they're like, you know, what do you think of your role coming off the bench? He's like, and basically what he said was, he's like, it's a job. You know, I'm here to do my job. It's a job. It's, I'm paraphrasing, but my, my point is his demeanor was a little bit negative after a nice win. So I'm struggling to decide if that's just kind of how he is and he doesn't get super high on wins and he doesn't get super low on losses or if he's hurting a little bit because what more does he have to do to be a main legitimate scorer on this team? Or what more does he have to do to start? At, at this point, the guy had three 40-point games in a row a week and a half ago, right before you know Dinwiddie and, and Dorian Finney-Smith got here. He had three 40 pieces in a row. And Jacques Vaughn still wants to bring him off the bench, which at this point, with the additions of Dorian Finney-Smith, Cam Johnson, and Mikhail Bridges, it, it's hard to find a place for him, right? Who do you bring off the bench out of those three? I'd probably say DFS because he's going to be gone after this season. So it's, it's an interesting uh, dilemma. I'm not, again, I'm not sure if he's actually annoyed with the situation or that's just his overall demeanor. I don't know him well enough. I haven't sat in on, on a lot of Cam Thomas's press conferences, but it's just something to look at down the line, you know, when the Nets have to make a decision on whether or not he is a part of this future. I agree. It's an interesting, I mean, Hey, it's a good problem to have. We got guys who are competing for minutes and guys who are putting up some unbelievable numbers. So I like Cam. I like what Cam's done. Uh, we said three games in a row, and then he keeps coming back with 20-point games. So, I don't know. Maybe we can get some value out of him. But, I mean, listen, I prefer Bridges, Cam Johnson, and, uh, and Dinwiddie right now still. But just based oh, on what I, Cam, I forgot about, yeah, Dinwiddie. Just based All on right. what Cam Thomas does, but yeah. Now we can move on to the Knicks loss. Okay, King. 124-106. Jalen Brunson was the best player on the court by far he had 40 points in this one josh hart absolutely destroyed us at 27 and julius randall had 18 here is my reaction to this knicks win over the brooklyn nets and by the way dinwiddie led the way with 28 but he had an inefficient shooting night the knicks were due we had beaten the knicks was it nine straight ten straight times one or the other we, we had a, a ridiculous amount of of wins over the Knicks in a row. And that was dating back to before KD and Kyrie a little bit. So let's give the, give the Knicks credit. They've been relatively the same team all season playing a Nets game or Nets team who were in their like third game together. I mean, the second game with, with Bridges and Cam Johnson. I, 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 I love the fact that Knicks fans gloated about this win so much as though like they won the championship. Like, guys, we play you again very soon, right? It, we, we play again on March 1st. So we'll have three games after the All-Star break. Then we play at Madison Square Garden. 
If you want to give a shit and gloat after that game, fine. But for you to sit here and be like, oh, the mighty Nets have fallen. I just didn't want to hear it. Joe Harris was covering Jalen Brunson for like half the game. Like I, well, we'll, if you guys beat us in March, then you can talk shit. Tell us we suck. They would talk shit if our entire team was injured before the game and we had to forfeit. It was just so pathetic though. I I saw a lot of people running their mouth. It's like when we beat them, it's just business. It's like, Hey guys, we happen to, you know, both play in New York City. You guys are in Manhattan. You've been here a little bit longer than us, but we've been spanking that ass these past few years, right? You spank that ass, Les. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I would prefer Trop- if you didn't phrase it like reference. that. No, I, I get it. It's not really cool <laughs> when you say it, but uh, I agree. I mean, I, I got to give respect to Jalen Brunson. Uh, he's 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 earning that contract. He's shown why he's a he's a fat contract guy. Uh, he, he shoots it efficiently, man. He's got X factor. He's got balls. He's the guy they're building around, and I completely get it. Um, Josh Hart too, coming back now. He's I think he's shooting like sixty percent from three in the last three games, and he's now going to be a huge factor in New York. So I got to give respect to the Knicks, even though I despise them with all my heart. I again, I'm not super worried about this loss, considering we just upended our entire team for new guys who are just coming together. While the Knicks are kind of getting into a groove of of playing winning basketball with their young guys. So hate to see Knicks fans happy. Not too bummed about the loss. I do believe when push comes to shove towards the playoffs, we are going to be a more complete, uh, uh, better designed, more efficient basketball team than the New York Knicks are. Okay. We move on to a quick segment I like to call buy or sell. Kevin Durant did a little bit of a press conference in Phoenix. I don't want to talk much about KD and Kyrie moving forward, especially Kyrie, but I think KD – he deserves a little bit more credit for what he did in Brooklyn, actually a lot more credit. Um, it makes sense that, you know, the Nets thank give, gave KD this huge thank you. And I, I'm, I'm more upset about the whole Kyrie just entire tenure with Brooklyn than I am with KD asking out still upset with KD asking out, but I say all that because KD did a press conference in Phoenix um, and he got choked up talking about the Nets a little bit. You know, he talked, he talked about the grind. He talked about, the culture they had built here. Um, you know, obviously he, he, he talked about how he was kind of shocked when, when the Kyrie trade request came through and uh, he thought they had built, built something here, but he, he did talk about how important his stretch in Brooklyn was and he got choked up a little bit. So um, I guess my question to you is, are you buying that or are you selling that in the sense that you think KD just wrote up some, someone wrote up something for KD and, he you know, did a little bit, a bit of that acting. He he didn't thunderstruck. If there's anything I've learned from having KD on my team, because I think you you have a certain point of view when you watch someone for KD, for example, go to the Thunder, become one of the best players in the world, go to the Warriors and win uh, two championships, right? Like it, you you sit there and you're kind of like, okay, I don't respect that. I don't like this guy. That's kind of a bullshit cheat move, especially from a star his caliber. Then he comes to the Nets. And I did develop this soft spot for KD, not because I thought he not well, obviously watching him crush it or book in that uniform is amazing for anyone to see, but because I could tell he was actually trying to put into work and develop with these young guys. I could tell he was hype when Nick Claxton was coming into his own. I could tell he was hype when Cam Thomas was going off for 40 points. He wanted to be a part of this organization. He wanted to build this organization. And I hate to say it, but in a sense, this organization kind of let him down. This organization brought in James Harden 
Didn't work out. Then brought in Ben Simmons. That hasn't worked out. Had Kyrie. How much controversy surrounding Kyrie? And now he's gone. I think it became a thing where it was like KD just wanted a fresh start. This team was riddled with so much bullshit to the point where if he stayed, we're still building around him, but with an entirely new roster that pushes the timeline of, of, of getting into a groove, of finding a rhythm, of working well together back a couple years when the dude is now, what, is he 34? He's up there, just, yeah. Let me just confirm that one. Yes, he's 34 years old. He wants to win another ship in the next few years. The Suns give him the best opportunity to do that, but that doesn't mean he didn't have his heart and this allegiance and this loyalty in Brooklyn. So I know everyone out there is going to say I'm crazy and they're always going to hate on KD. No, no, no. That's not, people aren't going to hate but on I KD. Think Nets, real, real I Nets, think fans, Nets fans understand yeah. and players out there. He's not Kyrie, okay? Yeah. He's not Kyrie. I just want to put that out there. Yeah, no, I, I thought you were saying that Nets fans are going to hate on him. You're absolutely right. I, I think everybody, you know, right from Charles Barkley to all these people in the media and, and all these people who haven't had KD on their team – are our, 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 our haters and they're going to say, oh, he just, you know, he, he chases championships and he goes to teams that are already set up for success and what have you. But I agree with everything you said. I, th- I thought that was put perfectly. Um, he you. gave us his all for, for the time he played in Brooklyn. Yeah, he had a few injuries. He, he had the trade request in the summer, but he never sat out games for no reason. You know, he showed up to work every single day. He put in the time. He put in the effort. And I think Nets fans adored that about him because he really was just about basketball. And the reason that I am buying him getting choked up about his time in Brooklyn, KD's not one to fake, right? He, he, he's one of the most real dudes in the league in the sense that he's, he's not going to sugarcoat how he feels. He's going to tell you. I'm, I'm Kevin Durant. He said that a few years ago in that playoff series with the Clippers. So um, mm. I, I think those are real emotions we saw, and uh, I just want to thank him on this podcast. Even though I'm upset about it, I would have loved to see him finish out the season in Brooklyn. I want to thank him for his time with the Nets. Outside of Jason Kidd, watching him play was the most fun I've ever had watching the Nets play basketball. I agree. Thanks, KD. I also – I hate to say this. If he wins a ship with the Suns, I, I won't be that upset. I'll be, I'll be I'd be. i rather him lose. All right. I definitely don't want Kyrie to win, but I, I'd rather him Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. All right, final segment. We have 24 games remaining. Out of the break, we have the Bulls, the Hawks, the Bucks, the Knicks, and the Celtics. Five games against Eastern Conference opponents. Um, we have a tough schedule down the stretch, Nick. So I want to I wanted two questions. We're gonna start with those five games: Bulls, Hawks, Bucks, Knicks, Celtics. What do we finish in those first five games? Three and two, and I could tell you who how it plays out. Give we beat the Bulls, we beat the Hawks, we lose to the Bucks, we beat the Knicks in a nail biter, and we lose to the Celtics in Boston. I am going to 100% agree with that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah, three three and two. I, I think that's exactly how it plays out. Um, and the other part of my question is, you know, the Nets are the five seed right now, I believe, and I'm just gonna fact check that yeah nets are the five seed they're right below the Cavs, and they're two games ahead of the knicks where do they finish the season nick i'm gonna say that we're gonna stay the five seed i don't think we'll catch the Cavs, sixers bucks or celtics i think we'll slowly start to inch our way away from the knicks and heat 
I will say if I had to bet right now, we hold this five seed position with all our freaking might, which would put us at playing the Cavs in the first round. Which would be a six series. Which would be a great series. I wouldn't. I'm. I'm. I'm nervous about the Cavs. I'm not terrified of the Cavs. I, I, I mean, would who, who would you Cavs rather play? This. Right. I would almost rather play the Cavs than the Knicks in a seven game series. So. Okay, but you were about to say you'd rather play the Cavs and the Sixers. You'd rather Bucks, play. Celtics, of course. Right. Of course. Right. Of course. Um, I. I think. I think we get the seventh seed. I think we slip a little bit, and the and it's not a knock on our players, and it's not a knock on our coach. It's the fact that a lot of these teams are the same teams that they were two weeks ago with maybe an addition here or there, right? Like how many teams really changed drastically? You had the Lakers who made big moves. You had the Clippers who made big moves. And you had the Nuggets uh, who added Reggie Jackson and, and lost Bones Highland. So outside of those te- – and the Suns, obviously. Outside of those teams, everyone's relatively the same. That's the only reason I think we lose a few of these big games down the stretch is because we just don't – we're not going to have that cohesiveness after, you know, three, four weeks of playing together. Um, so I think we, we get the seventh seed. I think that we have a playing game with, I would say right now, I'm going to say the Atlanta Hawks. We get a playing game with them. We beat them because they're dysfunctional and they stink. Uh, and then we'll probably go and play like the Bucks or the Celtics in that first round. Okay. And I'm not predicting that series yet. We're, we're going to wait until it actually happens. Ooh, um, cool. A little spicy. Yeah. All right, Nick. Great episode. That does it for this week's version of Fireside Nets brought to you by Empire Sports Media. Thank you for listening to episode 149. No, it's 140. Oh, the top of the screen says FSN 149. That's a typo. Oh, okay. It's, Happy it's 140. episode 140.